Welcome, and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's our guest speaker delivering this week's sermon. And the food and the people and the activity and just the celebration, it was wonderful. And uh, we are so grateful that we've been able to be part of seeing that growth over the years from the morning part of, of the church uh, partnership and for to see the Lord just flourish this congregation is, uh, is wonderful. And so praise God for all of that. Go ahead and open your Bibles uh, to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. We'll be looking tonight at that psalm in thinking about our rest. And I've entitled this message, God, Our Refuge and Rest. So let me get this turned on so I can advance. Oh, I think it's telling me that it's actually on now. It does a little buzzing, which is nice to let you know about that also. I listened to this. And does anybody remember what this technology is? Cassette tape. Well, on this tape is the very first Bible study that I ever led on a Wednesday night. I must have been about 16 years old. You can definitely hear a Texas drawl in the 16-year-old kid. And my text for that evening was Psalm 46. I don't know that I've actually ever gone back and taught or preached from that psalm. So this is a a sermon 40 years in the making. And it's going to be personal. It's going to be my reflections and observations about this psalm. And it's a call for us all to rest in the Lord and to see how great He is. If we get to preach, if we get to teach, our greatest theme should be about the greatest one, and we can never come to the end or the depths of talking about God. And so that's what we're going to look at this evening as we think about our true rest and where we could find that. Our, our refuge, our strength is in God Almighty. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Psalm 46, and I'll be reading this evening from the New American Standard uh, Translation. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, 
Behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, in these moments, help us to understand and to apply into our own lives this um, beautiful reminder that you are with us, that you're our stronghold, you're our refuge. We can run to you, we can rest in you. I pray that you will help me to get out of the way and, and simply allow your word to open up to our hearts and that you would call us to that place where we will trust you with our very lives, that we will put ourselves in your hands, resting in your might, your strength. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was talking with Gab last week, and I had said, I might show a video from an old TV show. And he said, well, what is the name of it? And I said, it's the Andy Griffith Show. Never heard of it. <laughs> and even putting these questions on puts that 10 years beyond that TV show. This is from the I Love Lucy episode where she is trying to pitch a product called Vita Mita Vegemin. And she asked the question, are you tired, run down, listless, do you poop out at parties? Then all the answers to your problems are found in this little bottle. And then, she, of course, she takes the sip, and then she continues to enjoy that a little too much, and she gets a little tipsy throughout uh, filming of that uh, television uh, commercial episode on the I Love Lucy show. 1952 is when this first came about. And the question remains, though, for us. It's not a, an old question even for 1952. It's been around for a long, long time. The prophets crying out, the people of God crying out, how long, God? Where are you, God? I'm tired to die. Maybe you're having these same questions and you're sensing that, that something's not quite going right in your life and there's turmoil within your family. Maybe you had a disagreement with your spouse on the way here this evening. And so there's that tension already in the room. And between the two of you, your children are not behaving themselves the way you would like. And and you're, you're wondering, I just don't know how to be a parent. I, I don't get it. Where can I find rest? Where can I get away from all of this? Where is my true rest? And, and so we think about what rest might mean. And for this definition, it comes to us from the Cambridge Dictionary about just stopping. You could say, well, I'm just going to be done. I'm stopping. I'm going to stop everything. And that certainly is part of resting. And we're going to look at that here in just a little bit when we think about this cease striving, but to stop, to, to not be working any longer. And for some of us, we think, what would be my ideal uh, place to, to get away, to seek rest? When you think about it, just turn to your neighbor and say, where do you seek rest? Do you, do you look for a ball game to get your rest? Man, I'm telling you, if you watched the game the other night for the World Series, you, you were in there, 18 innings, that's a, long, that's a long game. That's two games, right? Two full games. 
Who stayed up and watched all of that game? Anybody? Did anybody see that? Okay, so not a lot of baseball fans in the room. Well, me neither, because none of my teams are playing. I don't really, it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. Anyway, so do you seek rest in sports? Do you seek rest? Just talk with someone around you. Say, I'm seeking rest in. So tell your neighbors. Just say, I'm seeking rest. Where do you go for rest? Where do you go for rest? I'll turn my mic off so I can talk with people. We can seek rest in really good things. I heard sleeping, that's important. Watching television, we're just kind of vetching out, just not doing mind drain. We're not really engaged, we're not thinking. Even the best of things that we could look for where we could find a rest, they will disappoint us. We all know this. But somehow we think, if I could just save up enough money and get to that dream vacation, the beach, the surf, no cell phones, that's going to be rest. That's only lasting for a week. And then you get back to work. It's important. We need that. But our ultimate rest isn't found in those even best things. Food. We love to eat. I love to eat. I'm eating all the time. It's just, ah, more. More food. I want this. I like it. And we get comfort from those things. But where we seek our ultimate rest should be in the Lord himself. This quote from uh, Augustine, he wrote about God. God, you've made us for yourselves, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Have you sensed that in your life? Where you've just tried and tried and tried, and you're working, you're, you're striving, even as a believer, you're thinking, if I could just do more things for God, then he'll really like me. And you just keep struggling. Our true rest is in the Lord. God is our refuge, and he's our strength. God is our refuge, and he's our strength. And, and we're, where we need to keep going is to God. And so, do any of you guys have this technology? Now, that's a little different than the cassette tape. It's a little bit of a step up. <laughs> this is like an actual computer, and it can do other stuff besides just play back. You can actually make phone calls on this thing. But now, this company that uh, manufactures this phone of mine, they've, they've started telling me and telling you, if you have this kind of phone, how long you've been on your phone. How much you're using your phone. Have you seen that part of your new update on your software? It tells you. And then you think, I spent that long on my phone? Really? That's a long time. Mine was over eight hours. And I think, that's a long time. But then you go, well, email and text messages. And then, of course, I read my Bible app on here sometimes. And that, you know, you just, it starts adding up. But, but where we find our ultimate rest isn't in those things. It's not even putting down those things and saying, well, this week I'm not going to touch that and that somehow will make me have better rest and I'll be a better follower of Jesus. Maybe we need to do that. Maybe we need to stop watching so much Netflix. Oh, preacher, you just oh stepped on my toes then. 
binge watching. Just get a big bag of chips and just watch a whole lot of shows in like a, about five, ten hours. And all right, so that's rest. But then what did we get from that? Our ultimate joy and delight is in a relationship with the Almighty God. And that's where we're going to find that sense of balance and joy and not feeling like we're all agitated and worked up about things. And, and the hurricanes of life are swirling around us. The storms are raging. The mountains are dropping into the sea. The sea is raging. and We have peace still because we know God is our refuge. He's our strength. That's where we have our ultimate rest. And we really will keep striving and working until we finally come to that place where we can say, as the psalmist did, God is our refuge and strength. There's some people who believe that this psalm perhaps was written at a time when the Assyrian army was coming into the land of Judah, and King Jehoshaphat was panicked, and the people were panicked, and they prayed. They did what most of us should do when we're in a tough situation. They prayed. And, and then the Lord said, okay, send out the uh, musicians in front of the army. Have the musicians start singing. Have the Levites out in front. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. The army was decimated by the hand of God. Perhaps it was at a time when King uh, Hezekiah was seeing his city about to be besieged by the, the Babylonians, and King Sennacherib, or from the Assyrians rather, and King Sennacherib is saying, uh, don't believe Hezekiah, he's not following the Lord, don't listen to him. And, and Hezekiah seeks Isaiah, and Isaiah prays, and then Isaiah brings back this word and says, trust God, it will be all right. And then, again, the Lord fights the battle. 185,000 people wiped out by the hand of God. Not one sword was lifted on the part of the Judean people to fight the battle. God took care and fought the battle. And so you see this psalm coming in here and saying, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present. The word means he's abundantly able to help. God is abundantly able to help. We've been memorizing this passage from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21 for this year in the morning service. And it's this word, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. And here the psalmist is reminding the people, and they're singing this song because that's what this is. It's a song. They're singing, he's our abundantly available help in trouble. And this word trouble is really interesting too. It means, uh, well, let me just get up to the slide so you can see this, these words here. So he's our very present help. And the word trouble means in a tight place, in the squeeze. I certainly could describe the situation where you get that unexpected bill and you say, 
okay, how are we going to pay for this? Or uh, a medical condition comes up from nowhere. How are we going to handle this? You come in tomorrow morning and your boss says, uh, we really appreciate all you've done for us these years, but you're fired. You're in a tight place. Then what? What do we do when we're in that tight place? We can know that God is our true help. He's our true help in trouble. Keep reminding yourself. Keep remembering this psalm. Keep singing this psalm. God is our true help in trouble, even in the tight places. And so what? He says, therefore... I love that word. I love that connector. Always when you see that, therefore, ask what's the therefore, therefore, right? Go back. So, therefore, because of these things we just read, because he's our strength, he's our present help in trouble, no fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. There was a time about 15 years ago when I had tremendous fear. Getting on airplanes was an ordeal. I'm not joking. I got the clammy hands. I had to go to the bathroom about 20 times before I got on the plane. I just did not want to be on an airplane. There was something weird about letting someone else drive. <laughs> and, and I really like to be in control. <laughs> Maybe you like to be that way too. And I just didn't want to give up being in charge. I still have that trouble even today. Not with flying, but of being in control. Of thinking, I've got to fix everything. I've got to fix everyone. But God helps us not have fear. Though everything goes crazy around us. The mountain slip, he's giving this poetic description. All the chaos is erupting in the world. It seems like we don't understand what is happening. Mountains are, are roaring, slipping into the sea. The very foundations, the things that we think we should trust and believe, that's always going to be there. Mom's always going to be there for me. Dad's always going to be there for me. The bedrock of our lives. And then it crumbles. And then what? The people we thought, they'll never disappoint me. Disappoint me. Then what? No fear still. And go to that last word. It's highlighted there, and, and I actually built that into the reading of this uh, passage this evening because it wasn't more than likely originally in that psalm, but it was put in later. It's a musical notation. It says rest, or it might mean crescendo, or it might mean let's pause and think about this. Stop and think about what we just sang. Let's stop and look at what we just said. So let's read this together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, Though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, and then we don't have to say that Selah or Selah. It's just, you don't say rest when you're reading music. You just rest. Stop. Let's think about what we just heard. God is our present help. He's abundantly able to help. That's so beautiful to me. The next thing is that 
He's right here in our midst, right where we live. So he's abundantly able to help, and he's right here with us. Pastor Leo said it last week, Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us. He's with us. We don't have to be afraid. God is with us in our midst, in the city, right where we live. He's here right now. By His grace, God is with us. There is a river. Let's read this. There is a river whose river, uh, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms pottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. That's like the chorus, those last uh, refrain there, verse 7. The the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob uh, is our stronghold. Then the next rest. It's uh, just that refrain because it's written on these like three verses, three verses, and then the chorus, we, we would say maybe verse 7 is the chorus of that song. It's the repeat at the end that we'll see. And it's another great reminder. He's with us. He's in our midst, in the midst of that city. He's making that city glad. God is at work. This is amazing stuff. I don't know that I've thought about this much, but Jerusalem really doesn't have a river near it has springs. This is anticipating not only a time when, and maybe he's being poetic and giving some hyperbole here, but it's anticipating what I believe is looking ahead to what we read at the very end of the story, that there's this river that's flowing out of the city, and it's had this trees, and it's the healing for the nations, and God is in the midst of that city, and there's no need for the sun. There's no need for a temple because God himself is there in the midst of that city. It's a beautiful picture, and it's a a hopeful picture. It's a joyful picture. God is with us. God is with us. So if you can just rest in that idea this evening, it will be so fantastic for you to do that. Hold on just a second. This has gone a little longer than seven minutes already, right? Okay. Not, not that length equals better, but we're going to be wrapping up here soon. Anyway, I just want to help you understand, though, that, that this ideal here that he's showing, this idea of, of God's help, his closeness, he's back to that, and that he's mighty and being able to, to be able to be with us. And, and we can stand in what God does for us. So let's just know that tonight God is faithful. Let's just keep resting in that. Let's pause and think about the mighty presence of God in our life. He's with us by His Spirit. If we have received Christ as Savior, He indwells us by His Spirit. We rest in God's work by His grace with His precious presence among us. Jesus last some of his very last words to the disciples. And, and look, he said, I'm with you always, even to the end 
of the age. I'm with you. Jesus says, I'm with you. And if God is with us, if he's for us, then, then really, like Paul wrote in Romans, who could be against us? Rest. Church, rest. The Lord is our refuge. He's here. He's our help. He is in our midst. He's right where we live. He knows everything before it even happens. He knows every need we have. He's abundantly able to help. He's with us. Did you notice how the Lord simply gave out his voice and the earth, it's like cheese, melted, just like lava, just we're dust. If we really fully grasp the power of God and his ability to work on our behalf, then we wouldn't get uptight about the little stuff. It might be that I am getting just a little older, although much more handsome than I was when I was 16, <laughs> and more humble as well, and it's a little bit of a humor thrown in there. But the idea is that, that as we do age, and as we age in the Lord and hopefully mature in Him, we can have a sense that we don't have to be working and striving as much as maybe we did when we were younger. And feeling like we have to be able to change people around us. I can't change anybody. God can. I, I want to give suggestions. I want to lead. I want to help direct, give feedback. But people won't change just because I, hey, you need to be different. Help children be challenged and directed, but I can't change adults for sure. God can. He can change any of our hearts. So trust, rest, pause and think about the wonder of God's presence with us. Not only is God able to help us, he's an available help, he's an abundant help, he's with us. This is incredible to me. He makes wars to cease. Let's look at these last verses. Come, he says, the, the psalmist is inviting. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations in all the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. And then the Lord himself interjects and he sings over this choir. He says, cease striving and know that I am God. Exalted, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Notice the invitation that's there come and see, to come and look at these mighty works of the Lord. I just wonder, did the people that were singing that really believe it? You know, sometimes we can sing songs. We, we sang great. You guys sounded amazing tonight. Again, when, we were just, when the instrumentalists uh, faded out and we were singing, How Great Is Our God? The voices in this room, it was fantastic. It was beautiful. We sang it. Do we believe it? How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? Beginning and the end, the lion and the lamb. How great is our God? And 
He makes wars to cease. There's that day that we're all longing for that will be when, when Christ returns and, and he fights the battle. I, I love Revelation where, where you're anticipating this huge battle and then there's almost like this word that's spoken and, and Satan's defeated. He's thrown into the abyss, into the eternal uh, punishment, and the battle's done. It's over. You're like, is that it? That's all this, that's it? That's how, God spoke, and it's done. Martin Luther, this was one of his most favorite psalms. In the darkest days of the beginning of the Reformation, he would turn to his friend Philip Melanchthon and say, let's sing once more Psalm 46 and let the devil do his worst. He just had this determination that, that he could trust God and he could believe him. Now, now all through here, uh, you've seen this background. Why am I showing it now? Maybe you didn't see it up until just now. Let me go back. Aha, there it is. This is an actual location in Normandy, France. Uh, Mont Saint-Michel. That's about all the French I could throw out there. I don't know if that's even close, but Mont Saint-Michel. And uh, it just sounds good rolling off the tongue. It's an actual place. Uh, it served over the, the millennia as an abbey, as a fortress, as a prison. It has this natural uh, way that the tide flows in, and so when the tide is at, at its highest, it becomes where you can't get to it except trying to get out there by the water, and then it's dangerous. Um, so for a long, long time, people couldn't access this place except by boat or when the tide was at its lowest and walk out, and even then, it would be more like quicksand, and it, it made it really difficult. to. You, you can imagine if you're trying to bring your army out there, your, your wagons, your supplies, your your horsemen, your footmen, and they're, they're plodding along in this stuff. It's just difficult to get to it. It's a great fortress. And a lot of uh, famous castles have been designed off of this place. It's a real place, and it's beautiful. And one of those, hey, that'd be a great place to visit someday. We should have a vacation there. Let's go rest in France. Eat baguettes and and have a great time, put on some caps and, and speak French and go to the museums and just have a, a great time. Have a somber time, go to uh, Normandy and see that place and the sacrifice that was made there. A fortress, almost impenetrable for people to get to it. God is our fortress. He's a mighty fortress. Martin Luther based the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, off of this psalm. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark, never failing. There's songs out here today that are beautiful songs, but it adds the word yet, like God could ever fail us. I love the song, but just change that last word. Don't add the yet, because God will never fail us. God will never fail us. He makes wars to cease. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot. Come and see the mighty works of the Lord. Come and see the desolations that he's wrought. Church, this evening, if you could see 
the work of God on your behalf through Jesus Christ, through that fresh lens, just a reminder of the grace of God one more time, of the, the desolation that God wrought on our behalf through Jesus Christ, for Jesus to take the punishment of our sin upon himself, for him to take our sin to pay the debt that we should have paid to live the perfect life that we couldn't live, and for us to have that assurance that, that God himself has wrought peace on our behalf through Jesus Christ, that Jesus himself is our peace, we wouldn't be afraid. What's the worst that can happen? We die, and then we're with the Lord. We don't have to fear getting on airplanes. We don't have to fear going to work. Really, we don't. It's good news. It's great news. It's the best news that God himself has done this work. Come and see. He's saying, come look. That's the invitation. Come see the mighty works of God. Do you see them? Do you see them? See the mighty works of God. And not only the mighty works, then God speaks. And what does he say? Stop fighting. It could mean that he's saying, put down your arms. Stop. The be still translation is a good one, but it doesn't quite get the force here of the, the section where he's talking about warfare. And so God says, stop fighting. Are you fighting tonight against God himself? Are you saying, God, I know better than you do how to run my life. I don't need you. I'll say maybe a quick prayer. I'll look at my Bible app for just a minute, and then I'm off. I don't need you today. Thanks. God, I'll check back in with you later when things get really tough. I've got this. I've got this. I live like that. A lot, and it's not good. As a pastor, not even as a pastor, but just as a follower of Jesus, I should say, wow, God, thanks for another day. I'm alert. I'm awake. What have you got in store today? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to serve you? What do you want me to know about you? What do you want me to learn, God, today? How do you want me to trust you? A few weeks ago, I was at a conference in Dallas, Texas for the Cross-Shaped Family. It was hosted and sponsored by the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. The keynote speaker for the very first session got up. Now, I wanted to be on the front row and to watch because, you know, you can learn a lot from speakers and the way they do things. And I listened and watched Russell Moore. He had everything planned out, meticulously going through his notes and preaching the Word of God and his address to us. He really had my attention when he shifted from the, because he had very expertly said, and perhaps today you, and perhaps today you, and perhaps today you have been like me in this area, and he started to share a story. And I really locked in because I could identify with his struggle. He said that he and his wife were talking, and his wife said, well, 
Russell, it's report card day for the children. I said, okay. And then he said he started getting nervous about his children's report cards. And he started asking himself, why am I nervous about my children's report cards? And then it was like old tapes started playing in his life. And he could look back, even as a 12-year-old, that's when he started preaching. A 12-year-old wondering to, about his grandfather and grandparents. Was that good enough? Did I do okay? He's gone up through his life and his education. He's a doctor. And he's serving as the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. And he just had this sense that he had been trapped in this idea that I have to just keep working harder and maybe then God will like me better. Have you ever been there? Where you think, I just have to keep doing more and that will make my husband happy. If I just have everything perfect when he comes home, then maybe he'll not be mad at me. Or, or maybe if I just work harder then my boss will really take notice and I'll get that promotion after And God says, stop. And know me. That's what he says. And, and what did Jesus pray when he's praying to the Father? This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one who sent me, and that they may know me. This is eternal life. This is knowing God. Knowing and relating to God. God says, stop and know that I am God. And he says, I'm going to be, I am exalted. I'm lifted up among all of the ethnos. Some of your translations might say Gentiles. I'm, I'm lifted up. I'm exalted in all of the earth. And then, then the psalmist brings the choir back in and says, okay, did you hear God speak? Let's respond. And they sang back, the Lord of hosts is with us. God, Jacob, is our stronghold. Rest. Pause. Think about that. Selah. God is our refuge and strength. That's great news. Just turn to your neighbor that you shared where you find your rest and just say, God is our refuge and strength. God is my refuge and strength. Just tell someone around you, God is our refuge and strength. It's okay. He is our refuge and strength, and we can trust him. You know, I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak before you tonight to bring this message. The Word of God is enduring, it's challenging, it's accurate, it's reliable, it's God-breathed, it's 100% true. We can trust every part of this word, and we can live by it. We can draw strength from this word. We can keep coming back to this word. We can know God through this word. So this week, if you do have that Bible or that Bible app, check that, but also check your phone and say, am I spending time with God? Am I reading? Am I thinking? Am I praying? Am I 
knowing God because that's the invitation. Stop and know God. Come see the works of God. Rest in Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege of being with your people. Thank you for the privilege of being able to rest in you. Thank you, God, that you are with us, that you're our help, that you make wars to cease, even the ones that are raging inside of us, and you do all that by your grace, through Jesus Christ, by your mighty spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this congregation of people, this group of folks who love you, who are serving you, who are making a difference in this community. God, thank you for your grace in our midst. And, and we do pray for a continued reminder for all of us this week that we would stand in awe of you. And all for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That was the end of today's message. If you want to support our mission of reaching many others through this podcast, help us grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com forward slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life.